Thou art listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. And tonight, we are talking about The Vich. Our dreams, they feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up that we realize something is actually strange. The middle children of history, man. No purpose or place. We have no great war. No great depression. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian. With me tonight, Jeremy Benson. Howdy. And tonight we are talking about Robert Eggers' The Witch. Made a big splash at Sundance last year. We're finally getting to see it. Now, Benson, did you hear about this movie? Were you following this film at all? Um, no. <laughs> uh, I I sort of started hearing about it about probably about three months ago. This was popping up on horror sites and it got my attention there. When uh, Robert Eggers won the Best Director Award at Sundance, I heard about it. And then I kind of forgot about it for a long time. And would see something about it on the internet every now and again. Yeah. Just kind of came out. And I remember you call, I was like, man, that's already out. I remember you calling me up saying, hey, man, you want to go see The Witch? And like, I can't believe that's out already. What happened? Well, yeah, it went, for me, like, I didn't, I knew it had won something at a festival. I, I didn't really pay much attention. I'm, I'm a very terrible co-host. Um, You're not. I, I didn't, I didn't really pay any attention. I didn't know anything about it. And then I started seeing it online and it was, everybody kept saying it was the most anticipated horror film of the year. Yeah. So I started going, ooh, ooh, I want to see this. Yeah, it, I just kind of forgot about it. You know, it's that a year is a long time, you know, to wait for a movie. Especially and, when there's a Star Wars movie released in the middle of that. Yeah, and there was a Bond film and a Mad Max movie. I mean, okay, dude, okay, 2015. What a great year at the movies, right? Yeah. We got a lot of good stuff. We got good blockbuster stuff. We got Ex Machina, you know. Um, I have just recently saw Sicario. I liked that. Uh, the Big Short, I saw that recently. Loved that. Still haven't seen The Revenant, but I hear great things. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like... This was a really good year for cinema. We can't always look back and go, man, that was a good year. But 2015 was a good year. Toward the toward the end of the year, you started worrying that, all right, well, this is just going to suck because it, it, we can't keep having good ones. Yeah. You yeah. were really worried about Star Wars. Well, I mean, it, that, that's how it kind of works, right? Like you get good movies for a little bit and then it starts to, you know, it gets a little wany. I mean, you can't produce awesome grade A content 24-7. Most of the most of the ones that I wanted to see last year, I was I was pretty happy with. Yeah, I was pre pleased with like the independent films and the studio films. Yeah, which usually I kind of lean one way or the other. This year I felt in the middle. Twas a good balance. Now we're talking about balance here. Let's let's switch gears a little bit. Now, have you seen the online criticism and what the fans have to say about? It's pretty split. It is. It seems like critics are really enjoying The Witch. I, I enjoyed it. I'll you know go ahead and get on that bandwagon. I enjoyed it. Even though it is, to quote you, the most depressing movie of the year. Yeah. It's soaked in dread, right? Everything carries so much weight in the film that by the end of it, you're kind of you're kind of you're kind of crushed under the weight of this movie. You're watching the destruction of a family and oh, just nothing good happens to these people. I guess what the main things that people have been saying about The Witch is it's overhyped, it's boring and slow moving. The worst one I saw was it's not scary. Now, do you, do you think that's the reason why? Is because it's so dreadful? Not in terms I'm, of it's a well, dreadful I'm, movie, I'm but gonna, that's the feeling it invokes. Let me clarify. I'm going to make a, a little bit of a controversial statement. I think people's definition of it's not scary has, in certain sectors, have changed. Now it's not scary if it doesn't have a bunch of jump scares or if it doesn't keep some insane pace that 
and you know, it basically comes down to jump scares or some gore. And no, that's not what that's not what happens in the witch. What the witch does is presents an incredibly building creepy atmosphere that you just can't escape. Like you're constantly waiting on something to happen, and sometimes it doesn't. But you know, that's the way horror movies used to work. I don't. I guess I'm used to horror movies. It's either it's the critics versus the audience. That's right. what that's the battle I'm used to seeing in terms of opinions on a film. And it's usually the audience likes it and the critics hate it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? I, especially in the horror genre. I, yes, I totally agree with that. And The Witch is not the first one of these movies. I think this kind of really started with House of the Devil. And yeah. then, you know, we got It Follows and Baba Duke. I think these are films that are very much along in those veins of they're more a- atmospheric. Yeah. And it's really weird to see the audience, the horror, not only just mainstream audience versus horror fans, but even the horror fans split. It's so polarizing. It feels like we're coming into a new era of horror. It's, you know, it's possible. And our audiences are starting to shift their taste. Maybe, or maybe I'm just reading too much into this. That's possible as well. Well, I mean, and it could just be a generational thing. I mean, you could have, you, you seriously could have a generation that grew up watching, you know, John Carpenter's Halloween and the shining and, Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist, that welcomes a slower-paced, build, more story-oriented film, and then you have a generation that grew up watching Saw 1 through 7, all the Blumhouse movies, and they're just used to quicker, faster, gore-scare, gore-scare. The story's not as important. For me, I just I have a real hard time seeing the difference there, because in a film like Witch, The Witch and It Follows and Babadook, I feel like things are constantly happening. I do understand what people are talking about a little bit for like if they want to say something about it's not scary in terms of the Babadook like that film was so metaphorical that it kind of was it was hard for me to get scared by that film just because everything was a metaphor for death and loss and grieving and well it was a, yeah Babadook was a very layered yeah it was a character study yeah and it was using the horror to kind of mask this in an entertaining way right I don't feel that way about the witch no not at all <laughs> Yeah. I, I think The Witch is exactly what the guy said it was. He he wanted to make a movie. He's from New England. He wanted to make a movie that, that showed that old New England witch belief. I'm interested to see where the audience, where we're going to go with this. Are we going to split it to where we're going to have what they now dub art house horror? Yeah. Because the script is good <laughs> and the camera work is good and the acting is good. Now it's art house horror. It can't just be a good horror movie. We got to put art house in front of it. So we're completely segregating everything here. We want to the, b- bust up the, the horror audience into little sections and niches. I, I'm just, well, it, it, it so interests it, me and it kind of worries me to see where we're going. I know. I just I mean, with talking to some, you know, other horror fans, especially younger ones, it seems like the horror, even the horror fans, fans are making like little horror subgenres and they're a fan of this sub- subgenre and not this subgenre. So I don't get it. Yeah, I just like horror movies, man. Right. Like I mean, yeah, there's there's some genres I like more. You know, I I prefer slashers over supernatural films. But man, dude, like I love The Exorcist. It's one of my favorite movies ever made. I'm not gonna discriminate it just because it's a supernatural movie. But I don't know. I have I have open minds here. People accept things for what they are. I mean, you know, and like for me, I started liking horror films because they were always. You know, like The Exorcist is really the story of a little little girl that's sick and her mom's worried, and but it's on steroids because she's sick with the possession of the devil. But it's there's that metaphor there. It's to me like the better the best horror films had always been like there's this this story on steroids. It's bigger. It's more imaginative. I feel like lately some of that's been dumbed down from for you know marketing reasons. You want hey we need to make. Paranormal Activity 19 or something that's just like it. We need to make something that's just like this. You know, that just extra thought that goes into the stories is missing. And I miss it. I don't know about the rest of the horror fans, but I miss it. Yeah. I mean, well, this movie did find its audience. I'll give uh, A24, who released this film. Yeah, I thought they did a great job. They did, man. And they scored one of the best opening weekends. And looks like it's going to be one of their highest grossing movies. Now, granted, their highest grossing movie, I think, is Ex Machina with like 23 million or 25 million. So, but I mean, these movies have lower budgets. Right. So, you know, you don't have to re- return quite as much. And I give 
A24, all the props in the world for putting this out here, for letting horror fan, giving horror fans the opportunity to go see this in the theater. That was a tremendous a step because I feel like a lot of these films, like even House of the Devil, got a VOD release. Like I didn't get to, I didn't even get a chance to see that movie in the theater. It's the world we live in. And I'm glad horror fans came out and supported the film, and it, that's always good to see. And that's another thing, though, too. Uh, with the internet, it's almost impossible now to release a movie that doesn't have half of people saying they hate it and half of people saying they love it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I went and saw Daredevil the night before I went and saw The Witch, and the day after we went and saw the witch, I was online and there was just this, this one thread of hating on not daredevil, but fucking Deadpool, which I love the movie. I thought it was great, but yeah, I just immediately found a thread of people just trashing it. It's not like the comic. It's not as hardcore. It seems like with the internet, and we've talked about this before, like that there's this culture of hate. Like, I don't know. I don't, maybe, maybe they feel like, if they hate on something, then they their opinions get validated. Horror fans, I love horror fans more than any other fandom for anything else in the world. They are the best fans in the world. Like, you go to conventions and you hang out with these people. Man, like, you're talking about don't judge a book by its covers. You'll see some of these people, they look like they're crazy, insane bikers that would kick your ass. And you start talking to them, and they're the nicest people you've oh, yeah. ever met. Oh, yeah. This movie and comes you, out. you won't see a fan that gets more excited than a horror fan when you go, oh, have you seen? And it'd be some obscure movie that most people have never even heard of. And oh yeah, so I mean, it, it turns into a, you know a half hour conversation. But here we go. We have the witch. But what I'm, but what I'm, I'm just here. I'm pondering the idea here. We're coming off of a generation of remakes of classics. All of them are amped up, faster paced. Except for Rob Zombie's Halloween remake. Well, even that was faster paced and... I don't know. I've, I fell asleep in the first 40 minutes, but whatever. Okay, that's neither here nor there. And, you know, he tried to present it in a more brutal fashion. Anyway, go ahead. With, d- d- despite what your opinion of how the movie turned out compared to John Carpenter's classic, what I'm saying is that to a 16-year-old that just saw that for the first time and had never seen John Carpenter's, when they go back and watch John Carpenter's, it's going to seem slow. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So we may just be dealing with a generation that's been weaned on remakes and faster-paced movies. Yeah, okay, so you're saying that you think all this is just from, you think it's all age generational gap of younger I, versus older horror fans. And, and I think it's a distribution thing, too. Is I give props out to A24 for putting it out. Um, I've, I mean, I've personally talked to distributors that are scared to put out anything that's not faster pace, more gore. You'll hear words like action horror or can you do something like blank. I get, okay, here's, here's what really bothers me. I, I was going through some of the threads. I was just reading some things on IMDb. I'm going through, and I, I come across this one article where they, they're like, man, this movie was so stupid. It had a subplot about a missing silver cup. That was so stupid. But that's, that's pivotal uh, to the character base of the dad. Right? Completely missed it. Now, okay, well, that goes back to my point. Now, that could, now I'm not saying that this person on IMDb that was complaining about that is someone like this. I'm saying that it is possible that that is someone that was weaned on horror movies that have less story, less character development, and more, let's get to the killing, let's get to the killing, let's get to the gore. The thing that I'm worried about is it's not a generational gap. It's not people that were weaned. It's that we as a society have weaned everyone or a majority over to this fast pace, and as a society, as an audience... We cannot enjoy slow-paced, character-driven stories anymore. That we need superhero action. Because here we are, we're like, man, we don't have original horror films. We don't have this. All horror films are stupid with just tits and gore. Tits and gore. That's all that stuff is. Here we go. We have an original movie. It's got great camera work. It's got a great story. It's got great acting. Builds incredible atmosphere. Critics love it. And then it gets a C on the cinema score. Which is like, that's terrible. A C on a cinema score is bad. That is not like mediocre 
middle of the road. That's pretty much an F. It's terrible. It makes me a little mad that we have all these, uh, I feel like people are just so hypocritical that they're like, I just want new content. This stuff is the same old regurgitated shit. And then when they get it, they're like, they don't know how to swallow it. This isn't the same regurgitated shit, man. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're running into that problem of wanting something that you really don't know how to take, you know? I mean, when you get new content, it you have to be ready to take new content. We grew up in a time where that's what you got. You got new content. Yeah. Um, you didn't know what Hellraiser was going to be like until you saw it. And, I mean, for the last 20 years, it's just been nothing but just really fast-paced remakes and copies. I mean, some of them are not even remakes, but when you watch it, you're like, well, fuck, that's just Poltergeist. Yeah. And see, I don't have a problem with that as long as something is being done differently with that material or well, it's constructed well, even, differently. Even think about Poltergeist. Which, with the remake or the original? The original, like one of my all-time favorite movies. I mean, that's got like joke scenes in it. That's got character building. That's got... But then you look at the remake and just look how much faster paced they made that remake. Leaving out a lot of the... Like the scene where the, they're doing the remote back and forth with the neighbor. So you kind of get that relationship with the neighbor. Yeah, it's a subplot. Do you really need it? Does it help you understand why the neighbors kind of turned off when they show up there in the mosquitoes? Because you're right. They did take... You do have all that time to build with the original. Well, see, they took the heart out of it. Are people used to seeing horror movies with no heart anymore? Are they used to seeing horror movies with no character build? And then when they see one that's all about the characters, like The Witch... I mean, The Witch is all about the characters. The witch in the movie is barely even there. If you're used to horror movies having no character building, they're cardboard characters, it's five teenagers, you got the high guy, the jock, the hot girl, the nerd girl, and then the quiet guy. Those are your characters for a horror film, and that's what you're used to, that's all you want to get. Or you have a family, there's a dad, a mom, and two brothers, and a sister. These are very generic characters that you can just throw out, and most people can go, okay, I know these guys, I don't have to... You don't have to tell me anything about them. When you watch The Witch, you don't know these people. These are completely foreign people to us. Like we don't know. Now, even the way they speak is foreign, right? We don't we don't know people from that time. You have to pay attention to the characters. And if you're used to horror movies where you don't have to pay attention to the characters, you're there for the kills. It's foreign land to you. How, okay, so how do you feel about the reaction of this is not horror? then the person that said that obviously has never seen Rosemary's Baby. I feel like Rosemary's Baby and The Witch have so much, like, soul and, like, themes, and they're kind of similar in how they're shot, but I don't feel like anybody is arguing that Rosemary's Baby is or is not a horror film. I feel like that argument has not taken place. Or maybe I just wasn't alive when that argument was happening. My entire life, Rosemary's Baby is just, it's just a horror film. I don't know why we're questioning whether the wit that that this movie is fucking a horror film. I don't yeah, I don't see how you could put it any other way. Not to you know, not to give any a spoiler, but in the first fifteen minutes of the movie there's a baby mushed up into little jelly looking chunks. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, man, dude, I think that's like in the first five it feels like it's in the first five minutes. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like the second third was well, the third like third or fourth scene of the movie. It's like woo, it's quick. I mean that's not dramatic. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Quote someone. That, well, I find it interesting. You you hear people, I miss the horror movies of the 70s. And pacing-wise, this is a horror movie that could have come out in the 70s. The same, some of the same people that are, I, I miss that kind of style. I miss that horror movie of the 70s. That pace, that care, and the camera work. And then they get it, and it's, oh, fuck this. It's a little it's a little frustrating as a horror fan because like I want more of these kind of movies. I I guess I really can't complain so much because people did come out and support this. I just really hope that next weekend it doesn't have like a 70% drop off. You know, I hope hope it's got some legs and we can keep seeing movies of this type well, and this caliber. Right, well, even in the theater we were in when we saw it. The first couple that walked by was talking about oh, that was really creepy. Now, that's a, that's an interesting word that they use, that it's creepy. They didn't say it was scary. They didn't say it was terrifying. They didn't say it was fun, because it's not a fun movie. No, this is definitely not a fun film. No. It, you're not going to laugh. You're not going to... 
You're not going to have moments of comic relief where you're like, ooh, all right, I can feel good for a second. It you're is, not going to get out and go, man, I can't wait to see that movie again. It is relentlessly building a creepy atmosphere. Relentless is very, very true. Then they walk off, and then the next couple coming down the stairs behind us makes the comment, I could have spent this money on renting, I don't know, I think he said, I could have rented five other horror movies. This sucked. So mm. there was just two couples that had completely different opinions of the film. Yeah. But is that a bad thing, though? No, I don't... I, I feel like if, you're, if, you make, if you make a good movie that some people are truly going to get into and appreciate as a good film, you're going to piss off some people. Okay, I don't know how to say this sentence without sounding like a complete and other like e- egotistical douchebag. So you guys just judge me how you want to on this. But I'll vouch I, for him; he is not a complete <laughs> douchebag. I don't. I don't feel like the nor- like a normal audience. Like I don't have a problem with what what they think of it because these are the people that go see like Ride Along Two and they're like, "Man, that movie was awesome. That was great." You know, like, uh, you know, yeah, I'm sure it was fun and entertaining, but great. Mm, you know, San Andreas should have been nominated as best picture. Yeah, like, you know, like. No, it shouldn't. Yeah, no. I mean, look, you can think that movie's fun and entertaining and enjoy it, but come on, best picture. Like, seriously, like, come on. And dude. I'm not just making that statement up. Someone actually made that statement to me. <sighs> an opinion's an opinion. You're entitled to it. What worries me is, is the horror clicks. And that divide. Like, I, man, I, I want the harm community to come together and we should all support this stuff because we, every, everybody knows we don't get a lot of great stuff. But most of the stuff we get is stuff that is dumped straight away. No care is put into it. It was shot in, like, usually a month or less. And it, it's just dumped out with no budget, no care. And that's a lot of the stuff that I would say... I feel like 70% of the stuff in in the horror genre is like that. We should all, as a horror fan community, be rallying behind this and completely supporting it. We've started to, but then the opinions are just like... I agree with what you're saying. If you're a horror fan and you want new content, even if you saw The Witch and you thought it was boring, don't jump online and start giving it bad reviews. Just keep your... Mouth shut. Yeah, I mean, like, you're turning off... They're turning away, like, p- people that could go see it and enjoy it. That might actually like it. Yeah. Because uh, I liked it. I'm going to repeat that again. But when... Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I'm a victim of that myself. I've There's been movies that I wanted to go see. Sinister 2 was one. But then, as soon as everybody started complaining about it online, I was like, ah, I'll wait. Yeah, right? And it's just... And yeah. who's the... You know, I still haven't seen it. Who's to say I wouldn't have seen it and been, saw it and been like... Wow, that was amazing. Yeah, I mean, especially when something like, I feel like the quality of this film is so in your face, like, to call this bad. I, just, I don't see how you can call this movie bad. I just think, like, you didn't understand something. Like, you know if, what I mean? If if someone came to me and said, I think it's an interesting movie, but I thought it was boring, that's an argument that I could I could hear. Yeah, but th- this is just bad. Then you just don't know what a bad movie is, or like this is not your kind of film, right? I mean, like I understand all that stuff, but, but to say this, but is that bad, goes back to know. the to what I was saying about j- jumping online. If you're a horror fan and you want new content, you don't want the same thing remade over and over and over and over and over. You have to accept new content, and that means if you don't like it, just shut up and let p- other people go see it. Because what's going to happen? is the studio heads and these distributors are going to see drop-offs in money on all new content, and they're going to stop putting it out. Yeah. This is a business, and if they're not making money on new content, you're going to get Paranormal Activity 16. And look, guys, just just go see this, because we, we like to see these kind of movies help us out, all right? <laughs> I right, want to see right. more movies like this. We're being selfish dicks right here. Go see it because we want. I mean, I enjoy I enjoy horror movies that take it to that next level. The just the set design and the production production design alone. All right, let's 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 get into it. Let's let's talk the witch. What did you think? Um, I thought it was a really well made movie. I thought it did a really good job of making you extremely happy. You were born after the industrial revolution. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. Um, 
you know, I mean, as many movies as I've seen that's, you know, based around that whole frontier beating the wilderness, this movie really shows you, like, how hard it is for a family just to put up a, a farmstead and then make it. They don't miraculously have food for the winter. They don't have, an, you know, a tribe of Indians don't show up and make a deal with them where they bring buffalo meat. No, they're scared to death they're not going to have food to last the winter. Well, they talk about meeting those Indians. And even that, it's like, well, I can't do that because that would take me a day to get there. And you're just like, fuck, dude. Like, everything. Everything is a problem. Is a pain in the ass. Yeah, everything's a huge pain in the ass. I'm going to go take a shit. Okay, well, you got to go all the way over there. Dig Dig a a hole. hole. It's just just nothing easy. Like from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed, it's God, please let us live through the day. Oh yeah, everything, man. It, yeah, I I'm really glad I, I, we live in their time. <laughs> I thought the um I thought the set design, the production design was great. I thought all the actors did a really good job. Oh yeah, the performances um, were stellar, especially from the kids, dude. Oh yeah, that Caleb. The, the oldest boy, I thought, and he they just nailed it. little, just little minute things in the performance and in the writing. Like it, the the family is a very religious family. Obviously, they're Puritans. From the very beginning of the movie, we're we're told that they're kicked out of a settlement because their religious views are what we're. I'm a, I'm assuming a little bit stricter than the other Puritans there. Which, if you know anything about the Puritans, that's pretty damn strict yeah they left england <laughs> right <laughs> they were like hey you guys need more reform in your church england and then they, they yeah they, then they came to america with the puritans and the puritans well you guys are way too strict you get out <laughs> don't teach our children this anymore i almost kind of like would love to know like what exactly the dad did to make them kick him out was he uh, like damn it you guys are not praying at noon you I think he yeah I think I think he was berating I think he was going around town and he was berating people for their sins and that they should be more so he is he's obviously a very devoted religious guy but he but at the same time like the the writing does a, a great job of he has his faults he he lies to his wife he lies to his daughter he lets his daughter take blame for something that he knows he did which is a complaint someone made about the movie, but it's there for a reason. Oh, yeah, everything in this movie is there for a reason. You can see why the daughter from... She has a prayer at the front of the movie where she's kind of tells that she's having doubts. Well, you can see why, because her dad, who's telling her all this, is also quite a bit of a hypocrite. You know, he takes them out there to this place, and God has given us this land, and then a year later or two weeks later, however long it is, they took them to build the house... (laughs) like they're having to fight for food they can't grow anything he's a terrible farmer well we'll we'll save a little bit of that talk for spoilers but you know okay one thing one thing i really did like um that the screenwriters and the director did was man i didn't know a lot about witch mythology i you know there's some stuff that you know you know about witches there was never a moment where van helsing came up and told me what what a witch was you know this is this is what witches do this no, is how we it, kill them. It's very much presented from that mythology, that that verbal mythology that it gets handed down to the family. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just... You are dancing naked with her in the woods. The, uh, the movie treats me with respect. Like, right. It's like, look, we're showing you this stuff. You guys can figure this crap out. And it's just like all the surviving out in the woods. Like, they don't make that a focus of the film... But it's just always there. Right. That it's just another thing that they have to overcome in their day. Back to what we were talking about earlier with some of the people saying that they don't like the movie. Do you think it's possible that the movie is called The Witch? And we see The Witch, what, three, maybe four times in the movie? Three or four times, yeah, something like that. Do you think a lot of people, a lot of the haters, we'll call them the haters, um, do you think they may be hating on it because they want the witch to be Jason Voorhees and show up every five minutes to cause some havoc. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't see where that's such an issue because uh, there is something, let's call, let's just call it, there's something unholy constantly happening yeah. from scene to scene. Like, I feel like, like I there's have always been, something. I have never been so uncomfortable seeing a fucking rabbit. Yeah, right? Like, the, the second time that rabbit showed up, I was just like, I don't want to see that rabbit again. 
Man, I feel like they did something digitally to the animal's eyes, or they just got some freaky-looking animals because of the rabbit and then, dude, Black Phillip, the goat. The goat. Well, I, everybody knows you don't hang around with black goats. Just look at them. They just look like the devil. And they have horns. I don't know. Why, why are black goats so freaking creepy? And they got those weird horns. And they got the little goatee. They look like they're thinking about something while they're staring at you. All right. Can we go into spoilers? All right. Yes. Let's finally let's go into spoilers so we can talk about this. Play the trailer. Black Philip Sif, you are wicked. Does he really speak to thee? This wilderness will not consume us. Who's there? You've cursed this family. This is witchcraft. She placed a curse on me. Why have you turned against me? I saw it. Your reign of evil. It's not safe. Not with them. Think how my sins. All right, we're back. Going into complete spoilers of The Witch. So we warn you, if you have not seen the movie yet... Please go see it. Support this movie. Yeah, definitely go see this. Please. And if you don't like it, send us emails. Send You can email us, complain all you want, but don't go on Cinescore or IMDb and badmouth the movie. I mean, well, look, if you want to talk about it and have an open discussion... Feel free. I think that's great, but just getting on somewhere just to, just to talk and to like vent about, I am superior than this film... What is the fucking point of that shit, man? You're not doing anything but hurting the next filmmaker that's trying to do something different. Let's celebrate the movies that we love and stuff. We, you know, it's, it's, it, this is supposed to be a passion. If you're listening to this podcast, film's a passion for you. All right, so the movie. <laughs> so the bitch. So how do you feel about baby murdering? That, that was, uh, was an interesting scene. Like, that's the first time you see the witch. She's playing... Hide and seek with the baby. Peekaboo. She's playing peekaboo with the baby. She's hiding her face. Thomason is that her name? Yeah, Thomason. Thomason, the main uh, is the main, the oldest daughter. Right. Our main and, character. You know, she's hiding her face and she's doing the hot. Ah, there the baby is, and the baby's giggling, and then she hides her face the last time, and the baby is gone. Yeah, I thought that was cool. And then it cuts to you see the witch carrying the baby through the woods back to her hut. Hey, did you think the uh, red cape was a? Uh... Don't look now, callback or Red Riding Hood. I went with Red Riding Hood. That's what I thought, and I was just like, I don't know, man. Is that don't? Is that don't? What is it? Don't look now or don't look back? It's don't look back, right? Don't look. Don't look now is the Bob Dylan documentary. <laughs> we'll don't look check. now. It's the Donald Sutherland movie where he's I think in Venice. Don't look now. Is that don't look now? Yeah, I think it's don't look back. I think don't. You look got now's... IMDb I open. Know, I you can. I just need to just, just look it up. While we're bad mouthing the internet, use the internet to get the information. <laughs> Well, anyway, they take the Don't Look Now is the Donald Sutherland movie. They you're you're taking you're it cuts into the to witch's hut and you see this close up of the baby and then in the background you see the knife. For me like the tension of are they really going to show this was that was a little bit much. I was like don't show it. I don't want to see the baby getting cut. Almost wish they had shown it and not shown what they showed afterwards. Yeah, cuz then when they show afterwards is this witch just grinding up this like jelly looking you can see, like, bone, and you're just going, that used to be a little baby. Oh, dude. Yeah, she's sitting there with, like, baby applesauce. Yeah. It's just like, man, did you have to, can't you just make it blood? Why do you got to have it, like, mushed up chunks of stuff? That was really disturbing. Left a lot to the imagination. She takes the baby so she can fly, covers her body and her broom in blood, and flies off. I did think the flying shot was really cool, how they did that. Because when you first see it, you're just like, oh, is she standing in a clearing of some trees? And as the camera goes back, you're like, oh, wait, those are trees up high at the sky. And then it keeps going back, and you're like, oh, wait, she's not touching the ground. And I thought that was interesting. I I do like how this film is shot. Oh, yeah. The cinematography is fucking amazing. The composition in these shots are amazing. Just the beginning. I agree. 
Yeah, like when they when they get kicked out and they go to their farmland for the first time, there is this incredible crane shot with them praying. Yeah. And they just got their hands up and you just see this empty field with their little cart wagon in them. And then you just reveal this huge, vast woods. And man, they are creepy. And I swear to God, like, I don't think there's a bit of sun in this entire film. The whole movie f- feels like it's overcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought the atmosphere was creepy. It's just nice, nice kind of gothic tone. And later in the film, after the baby's been missing for about a week, uh, the dad takes his oldest son, Caleb, who happens to be the second oldest child, out into the woods to try to teach him how to trap animals so they can eat because they're about to starve to death. Because the uh, witch, like, I guess curses them and their crops. Because so the crops start failing. Yeah, the crops aren't growing. Just basically nothing good is happening to these people. Oh, I thought that was, like, and there's, like, egg, like the chicken eggs. Oh, when she dropped. Uh, stillborn. And the mom, like, after the baby's missing, just the mom in there for days and days, just praying and praying and praying. I'm so glad you brought that up. I think that is something that is missing so much from modern cinema like we kill a character off in something and nobody seems to care yeah it's like one scene it's like okay we'll cry about it and it's like no this is somebody that these characters are supposed to care about yeah and the mom just you feel it here overly grieving i mean and you know that's how a mom would be yeah, i don't know if it's overly grieving. i'd dude, i'd be crying like a little bitch too well, i'm man. not meaning that it's overly <laughs> in the writing i mean you can just see that she's just oh. she is trapped in grief and is blaming herself and praying that God will forgive her for whatever she has done to make him take her baby. They have come to the re- they come to the idea that a wolf took the baby, and they just accept that too. That's that's how shitty <laughs> these, these times these are. People's like, yeah, it's just like the dad's like, well, the wolf took it. There's nothing we can do. We've got we've had five children, and God's only taken this one. <laughs> so the first time we see the rabbit is when Dad is out in the woods with Caleb. He sees the the dog points out the rabbit. The dad's going to shoot the rabbit. He puts his fuse in his gun, and the gun goes off in his eye. So he's, it doesn't, like, the bullet doesn't go in his eye. Just the fire hits his eye, misses the rabbit. So immediately we know there's something up with this rabbit. Brought all that up so we can get to the scene later on in the movie. They're trying to figure out what to do. They're getting a little worried, so they've decided they're going to send their oldest daughter to another family, try to marry her off. Yeah. Because they can't afford to feed her anymore. Right. It's, she's just getting too much of a burden. Caleb and her sneak off into the woods together. I thought that scene was brilliant. It's basically, at this moment, they're, they're setting up the family to think the oldest daughter is the witch. She's around everything that happens. Yeah, because she has some twin, si- uh, twin sister and a brother. And they're little brats. Yeah, and she... T- that talks to the black goat... But yeah, I mean, like, there's there's a scene later where Thomason is, she's like, yes, I'm the witch, I'll take you, and you know the minute she says that in the movie, you're just like, oh, that's gonna come out and bite uh, you. Yeah, that's time. gonna that's gonna bite you. It's like, come on, didn't you see the Crucible, you dumb bitch? <laughs> oh, wait, that hadn't happened yet. So, this does yeah. take place in 1630, which I thought was weird, because that's actually before the Salem Witch Trials. Right. You know, just put- I read it- somewhere that the director wanted to kind of give a history of where it all kind of come from. Yeah, to put it, set it before, I thought that was different. I wasn't expecting that. Because he actually runs across the witch's little cabin. Now, Caleb is obviously, he's he's reaching the point where females are starting to kind of creep into his mind. He keeps kind of sneaking peeks at his sister's boobs. Yeah. And it's just uncomfortable because he knows he shouldn't do it, And but his, his hormones are kicking in. That That is a little comfort- uncomfortable. And he's he even when like when you're talking about when he goes out there with his father earlier and they're trapping and they're talking about sin and because their son Sam wasn't I guess he wasn't baptized he was not baptized because he was born after they left right their Puritan community the dad's like it's up to God if he's in heaven and the kid's like well am I gonna go to heaven I've I've not been baptized and I I feel like that scene is him saying like. Dad, I've been staring at my sister's cleavage. I've been getting kind yeah, of an erection yeah. kind of thing going on. So so what happens when he runs into the witch's thing is she comes out all lusty, sexual. And I thought that shot was great. She starts kissing him, and she looks normal until her fucking witch hand comes around the back of his head. 
which leads to he comes back. Like later they find him naked back at his house and he's like basically comatose. And then he vomits up an apple in front of the father. The father's like, holy crap, there's witchery going on. But then right before he dies, what'd you think of like him? I I, I took it that he was like seeing Jesus right before he died because he starts, oh, Lord, thank you for. And then he just dies. I didn't understand why he, when he came back naked. I guess that was something to do with the witch play. Maybe, I don't know, maybe she witch raped him or something. Um, and also, too, this witch that we're talking about, she is really nasty. Her body is disproportionate. Like, her weight is disproportionate on her body. She looks like a witch. She's old and, like, crinkly and just, like, with a big nose. And, you know, she's scary looking. So it was a surprise when she comes out of that hut and she looks really, you know, I mean, she looks good. Isn't it more than one witch? Don't well, we, we don't know that at that point right. yet. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I don't. I see all the witches looked like that, though, in the coven even later in the film. So I think that was some kind of illusion thing. That's what I got. Either that or she, like, bathed in baby blood and it made her look hot. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not that up to date on my witch mythology. But, um, no, I, I thought Caleb's death scene was, was good. I don't know if he was, like, possessed and that's what he was doing afterward. Like he was praying, yes, now I'm, I've seen Jesus. Jesus is going to take me. I'm going to heaven. That's the way I took it, is that he was bewitched, yeah. and then he threw up the apple, and then right before he died, he actually, because he, he starts talking, he starts talking to Jesus, and he's, oh, Lord, my Savior, you are so sweet. Please hold me and kiss me forever. Very excited. I mean, he jumps up and is holding his arms out. He's grinning. I don't know. Religion, and then he just dies. <laughs> but religion's handled really weird in this film. It is. Religion is not a safe place in this movie. In fact, by the time you get to the end of the film, our the main character Thomason is really just trading one like, and, and she's trading one oppressive religion for another oppressive religion. Is pretty much what she's doing by the end of the movie because well, like, she's a female uh, out here, and they're treated like crap. And the version of Christianity that is that is that this family practices is very oppressive. It is very sin oriented. The whole there's not a lot of the forgiveness part going on. It's it's too much of anything is bad, right? <laughs> right. Like, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, is, they just they're the religious pious zealots it, it, that have taken it way too far. It, it's 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 like they 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 never read Paul's letters to the Corinthians. <laughs> to quote Donald Trump, two Corinthians. Uh, I don't I don't I don't think we should ever quote Donald Trump. <laughs> I, th I th th think <laughs> I think that's always bad. Oh, that man. Anyway, uh, um, it's not a politics podcast. Focus. Focus, uh, focus, <laughs> focus, focus. But the religion is handled extremely weird. Like you normally, like if you have a movie like the, the, the Exorcist, religion is the sign of hope. It's good versus evil. But that's what I'm saying is that and here there the is way this father teaches his family the religion, he takes away the hope. It, it, he almost makes it hopeless because by taking away the grace and the forgiveness part, you, you're just basically a sinner that has no chance of ever doing anything but constantly praying all day and asking for forgiveness. Yeah, I mean, it's they, they he, all kind of fall under their own pride. Right. In different ways. And so you can kind of see after she spent, you know, this entire movie praying, being honest, telling her dad she's not the witch, and just seeing her family fall apart, yeah, sure, she's she's willing to say, fuck it, um, give me your book, goat. We didn't really get into that yet, but yeah, on the Caleb death scene, that is when he starts to get back in the house and he throws up that apple, that's when we start questioning who is the witch in this room. It's It almost gets to the point where it's like, who cares that there's a witch out there? It's well, we, almost not even a fault anymore. We as the audience know yeah. there is a witch out there. But we, I will say but the characters don't. The, the way the movie is put together, it did almost make me question... Is she the witch? And we're just what we're Thomason? Just, yeah, it, for just a second. Oh there. no, I never questioned her once. For a second there, I was like, okay, she she was there when the baby went missing. She was there when Caleb went missing. Are we seeing? Is he presenting this to us in a way that he's showing us a separate witch, but really Thomason's doing? It? And then I threw that idea away because she was defending herself way too well. And well, I just feel like too much of the movie was done from her point of view. That we, I feel like they wouldn't have shown a scene. Well, I'm not. It's not. Or they wouldn't have it's, like. It's not a criticism. It, it's. It oh, had no, no, me no. that intrigued that. 
No, I don't. I guess when I was watching it, I didn't feel like they would have kept a scene from us that would have been her dealing with the witch. You know what I mean? This is so much of it was done from her from her point of view throughout the movie. Right. I never questioned. Now, when the little t- twins, they're sitting in the corner and they can't remember their prayers anymore. And it's just, I don't know, because they are talking to the black goat. And you're like, man, that, that goat's pretty. Black, black, black Phillip's the, a little freaky. They are the first ones to start talking about the witch. They've seen the witch. Yeah, and they start, they immediately start picking on poor Thomason. Uh, man, this girl in this movie just, let me tell you what. In the 1600s, there's no way I would just I would. There's no way I would make it as a female. Oh my god, man! Just terrible. Just terrible. Can I learn to read? No. Yeah, it's just. Oh man, you are not human. <laughs> the simple fact that the way they're talking about getting rid of her, like, oh yeah, that's just a way of life. Yeah, you know, let's let's go in let's town, pawn and- her off, and <laughs> give her off to somebody to marry her, and they'll give us some money. And it's just like, man, you know, like. To the modern audience, we're like, man, you guys are the shittiest parents <laughs> in the world. Hey, uh, hey, honey, you turned fourteen. Uh, what? You, you bleeding? Okay, come on, cool. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I gotta sell you to a man. I really like the scene too. Later, after Caleb dies, the twins have told the mom and dad that Thomason is the witch. They they have informed she's the witch. I thought that was a great scene when when the dad has her. And there for a moment, he holds her. He tell you know he talks real sweet to her as a dad, and then he stands up to her and says, "Now, tell me, are you the witch? I love you, but I'm not gonna have a witch in my family." Well, I felt like the dad was always doing that balance between trying to do what he thinks is right, yeah, and still loves his family. Well, I mean, yeah, that's his kids, but he wants he's such a slave. I don't want to say a slave. I mean, that's. I don't. I don't want to. I'm not criticizing religion when I say that, but I mean, this guy is he is well, a slave think, to Christianity. Like he is. Like I think he's a slave to his version of it. I mean, he. I think he has distorted it to the point. Well, that, everybody sees religion in their own way, right? You know, but I his mean, is distorted. I think that's the purpose. Is that, that's why we see that he's being kicked out, and his is distorted to a point that it's impossible to to live with. That is just so weird for a horror movie, man. I found that so intriguing. I did too. I, I thought that was a very nice little touch, especially with the uh, Temple of uh, Satan uh, endorsing the movie, and <laughs> it was oh, it was opening against Risen too, which I thought was hilarious. Which is like uh, you know some Easter Jesus film going up against the witch. I was like, huh? The witch had a higher um, per screen average though. Which had a bigger opening weekend? Risen. Okay. But it was playing in more theaters. So Jesus wins. Satan won for dollar value. <laughs> uh, Jesus versus Satan playing out in the box office. I'm sorry. Anyway, go ahead. What were you saying? I was just I was taking it to the point where like she defends herself, and when she's defending herself, that's when she finally like breaks down and basically tells her dad, "You are worthless." You brought us out here. The only thing you can do is chop wood and trust us. When you see the movie, that's he's good at chopping wood. Oh, he's he, great he is at a failure wood. at everything else. He drags her ass back into the house and then accuses the two twins of being the witch and then locks all three of them up in the goat shed with Black, black Philip, the black goat. And we all know, don't hang around black goats. They're, they're evil things. They are. Oh, I mean, you don't really realize how evil they are until evil shit starts happening. Well, I mean, really, they're just they're just kind of animals. I mean, they're ominous, and they keep cutting to them. But it's not until later in the movie that you see how ominous they actually I are. Really, the, the one part of the movie that I thought the director went a little bit too far started out loving it. The, the whole movie, you hear the twins talking about they talk to Black Phillip. At the end of the movie, big spoiler, Thomason has killed her mom because her mom went nuts. Uh, and I'll let you tell about the breastfeeding scene. <laughs> um, Pushes him into like a billion, <laughs> a, bi- <laughs> a billion hunks of wood that this guy cut down. Like that's how he dies. You shouldn't so, have been chopping all those <laughs> she, trees down. Thomason then goes outside, goes into the goat pen and talks to Black Phillip. The way they did Black Phillip's voice, 
Because at first you don't think he's going to talk back, and then you hear him talk back. They, oh yeah, there's a long pause. They, they never. Draw it out. She almost gets up. Yeah. And, oh, she turns to leave. She yeah. actually turns her head away from him. And you don't What's see the goat. Wants? There's no stupid CGI goat moving mouth. Oh, thank God. When when I heard that voice and she just looks back at the camera, it was like, oh, that's brilliant. I did not like the human that then walks behind her and asks her to sign the devil's book. I would have preferred to just hear that voice because that voice was creepy. And that's when she then strips down and walks into the woods and joins I wish, the coven. I wish they had cut to that because like, they, keep, they keep doing that close-up of Black Phillip's eye, yeah. the goat's eye. Man, I, th- I was just wanting them just to cut to the eye and you could still hear the voice. I'm with you. That is... That that is probably the only thing. If I was going to ding this movie on anything, and this is being real nitpicky, is the man in black. And did he have a a hooved hand when he when he put his, or was he just wearing a glove? I couldn't I tell. It was a glove. So, oh, it was just a black glove. I couldn't tell if he had like a hoofed hand or it was it's just you know all in black. Well, oh yeah. So she does sign her name in the book, and then at the end of the movie, she goes out and and joins this coven. And oh, what I thought was so insane about this is she she's going from one oppressive religion to now another. She has to sell her soul so she can levitate, dance naked in the woods. Yeah, and then you're gonna go kill With babies and yeah. well, that was that's the that's one of the old beliefs that the witches would sneak out into the woods at night and dance naked with the devil. So she snuck out into the woods and danced naked with the devil, and they all started levitating. Yeah. It just it seems like uh, it's not a very good trade-off there. I don't know, but tell about the breastfeeding scene. That's by far the one that, I, em- yeah. emotionally, it's it's strong. I'll tell about it. All right, you got this distraught mother who's lost her infant baby and her, like, 12 or 13-year-old son. They're both dead. She wakes up. They're sitting next to her bed, and she's just so thrilled to see them. Caleb's talking to her. And hands her the baby, and she's like, oh, he's hungry, so she starts to breastfeed him, just, you know, because she's his mom, that's what she wants to do. Yeah. And she's smiling, and she's grinning, and then it cuts to an alternate angle, and we see that she's really, she's sitting in a chair with a crow eating her boob off. Well, no, I mean, it it cuts away, so it's like, oh, okay, she's just, you know. She's dreaming that she's got her kids. You know it's, you know it's going to be bad, because he's, like you said, both these kids are already dead. Right. Did not expect to I see didn't, a I didn't, crow. No, I didn't expect to see the crow eating her tit off. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it is. It's like when it cuts back, it is actually oh, just like and taking then a piece sh- of nipple out, and off then of the her. The next it's shot like, you see her where she's just laying in bed, and her husband gets up, and she's just grinning, and you can see that blood stain on her nightgown. You're just like, oh, man, this family is fucked. But I, what makes that scene so good though is there's a scene like. Before that, earlier in the movie, where she's talking about like every night when she goes to bed, how she, how the she Lord, started losing her faith. Yeah, how the Lord is always there comforting her, and then the Lord is not coming to her in her dreams. And it it's at this point, once Caleb dies, that the devil comes to her. Right, in her dreams. Every, and it's it, just like I thought the writing was very everything kind of had a had a point to it. A yin, what is it? A yin and a yang. Yeah, cause and effect. It's right. constant, like. Every motivation is extremely clear. It's really well thought out. Right. Probably the most important thing, it's really authentic. I mean, even just like the there's a scene early in the movie, or about the middle way, where Thomason is out milking the goat, and she hits the milk, udders, and blood comes out. Ugh. And that was a good And it kind of freaks her out. She drops the bowl. The kids are like, ooh, you're a witch, you're a witch, you're a witch. And then later, when they're locked in the goat pen... You can hear the witch land on the roof, and the kids wake up, and they look over, and she's over there milking that goat for the blood, and it's just like, I was wondering if that was going to come back. That's when the the twins disappear. I guess that's how they ended up uh, flying at the end of the movie. Killed those those two. Oh, and when the dad comes out, sees the twins gutted, just tossed, and the goats, and... Uh, Yeah, I mean... I guess I I really haven't stressed how incredibly dreadful this film is, and just like when I walked out Happy of the theater, Happy Gilmore, it is not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I walked out of the theater just being like, "Wow, that was great." I don't want to see it for another five years. Right. It, it's 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 not 
a cabin in the woods. It's not you're you're not gonna laugh. You're not gonna have a good time. No, it's definitely not cabin in the woods. But if you're a horror fan and you you like those kind of movies, if you liked House of the Devil and you liked Rosemary's Baby, there's no reason you wouldn't like this movie. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, I say I'm not going to watch it in five years, but I, you know, I don't know, man. I've been thinking about this movie so much. It's the way that people speak. Everybody speaks in old English. The way the costumes look, the sets look, like everything feels so perfectly Authentic. lived. Yeah, right? It's all there on screen, and it's captured in such a ma- meticulously crafted frame. Yeah, even, the, even, like, the cinematography gives it an age to it. Yeah, like, even those, like, corn i don't know what they call them but they make the corn teepees out in the field and just the way they're placed it's like man even those look ominous like everything has this real sense of danger to it and all authenticity that it really just soaks you into that world so much that's why like i don't see how you could say this is this is bad that i just don't i don't understand how you can say that so few films capture this. Yeah, I don't see. I, I don't see how anybody can say this is a bad movie. I, I'll stand by my my statement of you can say it's not your kind of movie. You can say it's it's dull. It's not the kind of movie I like. But you cannot say this is a badly made film. Oh no, I I think it's probably the most meticulously crafted horror film that we've had, maybe since The Shining. It it's at least well, that's in a bold years. statement. I mean, dude, I mean... But it is. It is extremely meticulously crafted. Yeah, I can't think of a single film since 1980 that has this amount of attention to detail and camera work and, well, most... Character. Yeah, most movies don't ha- don't have to have I this mean, much attention to they're detail. They're not just... He's it's not, not a period. He, most he, of them are period pieces. He wasn't just developing the main character with a bunch of cardboard characters around it. He, exactly. He developed a a layered father, a layered mother creepy twins a layered little brother all the characters had many layers that interacted with each other's different layers that caused problems that caused anxiety within the family it was it was a very well written film yeah and you're right about that with those layers like just i mean i can see why i didn't know it won awards at sundance but i can see why it did because it's not a it's not a how do you, it, it's not cardboard characters put into a bad situation. No, these are real people. These are people with problems, and their problems affect what they do, and they give themselves problems, and they try to fix them, and they can't do it, and her problems affect his problems, and mom's problems affect her daughter's problems. They're real interactions between real people. I want to be careful with how I say this, because I'm don't want to. i not trying to offend anybody that, that doesn't have kids, because like we're all people making our way through the world. We all know what love is. As a parent watching this film now and watching the mom and the dad and how every member of the family unit grieves for each loss in the film and how each one just adds. Yeah, because you can't help but just feel oh, man. terrible for this mother who's basically been drugged out, drugged, dragged out there by her, her husband. Yeah. You can't help but feel sorry for this dad who is trying to make this work and is failing at every turn. Dude, I thought that was such a fucking kick in the ass scene when she's like, I want to go home. And he thinks she's talking about the community there. And he's and like, it, no, I want to go back to England. Yeah, she just drops that bomb on him, and he's just like... You know one of my what? favorite scenes? It's probably a scene that most other people just kind of washed over, especially the ones that say the movie are bad. They just, Caleb and dad just came back from the woods and she orders, mom is constantly bossing Thomason around. She orders Thomason to go over and get your dad's wool and go wash it. So she's taking your dad's shirt off. The mom starts questioning why they were out in the woods because the kid is not supposed to be in the woods. And then the kid turns and lies to his mom about I saw an apple orchard or an apple tree I wanted to try to get dad to. And the dad who's been pushing all of this don't sin, don't sin, don't sin, now is caught in this lie, doesn't correct it. We know by now that he has also lied about selling his wife's cup. In the next scene, in a, well, the next family scene, the mom blames Thomason for losing the cup and the dad does not, still does not come out and say, I did it. So you're you're just getting this level of how he's he's a little bit of a coward to admit that he's done something. Well, 
that's one thing I really liked about the film. You understand the motivations all like he doesn't want to upset his wife anymore. So you understand like this little white lie. You understand it. You understand it, but at the same time, you get the sense that the if he had caught his wife doing it, he would have chastised her. I don't know. You feel so sorry for Thomason because she's now like yeah, she's just caught in the middle of some shit. Well, yeah, and dude, like in the beginning of the movie, she's the one that's with the baby that gets stolen. Because right, dude, that mom has already got to hate to her just a little bit, and then she's like, God, you lost my fucking last kid that I just had and my cup. <sighs> and later, you you, you lost both of my sons and my cup, <laughs> and these two are saying you're a witch. <laughs> Yeah, and by the time the end of the movie runs around, she's like, "Hey, you you have killed my entire family. Let's fight to the death." Oh, uh, I saw you I saw you wincing during that fight. Oh yeah, when the mom gets it, man, that is uh Well, you can just you oof. what what really sells you know it what's gonna is happen. you can well, you can see the pain in Thomason's eyes like she doesn't want to have to kill her mom. She has no choice. It's, you know, fight or flight at that point. Yeah, very true, man. Well, dude, uh, that's I'm, pretty much all I got to say. <laughs> Go see this movie. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was a really good movie. Really enjoyed it. Um, you know, really enjoyed the score as well. Um, oh, yeah, that's something we shouldn't pass up on. Yeah, it I, starts I early, play, and it 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 really helps build that atmosphere. That yeah, there there are shots where you're not looking at anything but some woods, and there's this score that's telling you something's wrong, and eventually you realize that these woods are inhabited by a bunch of witches and that's what's wrong <laughs> yeah because it's being released in january i really hope oscar voters do not forget about this movie come oscars next year and it doesn't slip their mind because it's at the very first month of 2016 or well i guess it's this is february so it's the second month <laughs> of 2016 i hope we don't forget about it man because this deserves as of right now the year could be way better <laughs> But as of right now, this deserves to be nominated, man, for best costume, best production design, best cinematography. Oh, yeah. That kid that plays Caleb, he needs to pick something up for this performance, man. Like that, yeah. His his performance, his and Thomason's are pretty darn good. Yeah, dude. When they're saying some of these lines, it's like even the dads, like, like, dude. I know adults that are not understanding what these fucking kids are saying, and these kids are making me understand exactly what they say perfectly with every it. sentence. That's got to be tough. That's got to be tough to direct a child actor to do that. Great. great. And speaking, this guy's first directorial effort, right? Yeah, this is his directorial debut. Totally blown away. Yeah, I'm Robert Eggers. I'm going to watch this guy from here on out, man. No kidding. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. If you guys want to get in touch with us, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail.com. Crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E, extra E at the end, themoviecrew at gmail.com that's our email address uh we are on itunes stitcher overcast wherever you listen to your podcast whatever app um if you guys could please just give us a rating on itunes or stitcher or wherever it really helps people find out about the show and uh puts us in those awesome top search results if you guys don't do that i'm gonna sick black philip on you that's right think about that for a second I'm going to go dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. Oh, whoops, wrong, wrong movie, wrong movie. And like always, when we close out the show, we play a little bit of the amazing soundtrack. Tonight, we are playing track one from the Witch soundtrack titled, What Went We? From composer Mark Corvin. Thanks for listening and enjoy.